It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs online at joescarding.com. Fast paced white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today and do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Big weekend of racing to come up, up and coming. Do you want to talk about the NASCAR weekend, the playoffs getting kicked off, or do you want to talk about the Race Saver Nationals? Both. Which one would you like to do first? Um, <laughs> Let's go ahead and do kind of the national NASCAR type stuff and then do the race savers. All right. National news. Kyle Larson won the regular season championship and he is the favorite to win the NASCAR cup series championship. I hope you're sitting down for that news. Yeah, but I would like to see stats one time and see how many times the favorite has actually won the title oh. in this, in this format. Oh, I saw that graphic. Uh, if you keep talking, I'll I'll find hopefully find it on uh, on Facebook. But I did see that graphic of not necessarily the favorite, but who won the regular season championship and went on to win the Cup Series champion. And I want to say of the five years, it's only been two. Forty percent though is actually pretty high for that type of a statistic. So, mm-hmm. but. That's still 60% against you, so I don't know if I'd want to be considered the favorite. Yeah, I always love these season-ending graphics of, like, you know, where drivers started off in at Daytona at the 500 and then how they continued throughout the 26 races. I always love watching those graphics. Oh, the ones that have all the different colored lines going crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the one they had that they were showing uh, where they just showed the picture of the driver that was leading yeah. points. And they showed yeah. uh, Austin Dillon because he won Daytona. And then yep. they showed like 23 Denny Hamlins. <laughs> yeah. Denny Hamlin took the points, or excuse me, uh, Kyle Larson took the points series lead at Watkins Glen and led the final four races. Yeah, something like that. At the end of Daytona, it, it was a long road for Austin Dillon to be able to punch his ticket into the 2021 playoffs right absolutely it was good <laughs> and that was a tougher yeah. i mean any race was going to be a tough one but at daytona i don't know is it tougher or easier than at daytona to be able to punch your ticket into the next round well it just depends on are you running the road course daytona are you running the you i'm know, talking super oval? speedway any super speedway race is tough so if you're gonna if you've got your choice you know do you want to run a a Richmond or do you want to run a super speedway every just about every driver would take Richmond. again I think the biggest wild car at Daytona is that you know what any other track other than probably Talladega Daytona and Talladega are in the same boat uh, I think that it's it's a little bit more in the driver's hands that they're not going to get taken out in the big one yeah you know except you still have you have drivers that thrive on mm-hmm. the super speedway you know and and those guys would probably take it. I mean, um, somebody like Michael McDowell, he's not a short oval racer. He's a road racer, and he's got his own w- only win in the Daytona 500. So, obviously, he would pick a super speedway if the choice was Richmond or Daytona. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, quickly the playoffs bubble stand. Now, let's wait for that for the next turn. We'll, we'll hold on to that. But the next piece of news I wanted to talk about was the big news that 
Kurt Busch ended up signing as the second car for the 2311 racing operation. He's going to be driving the number 45. Dirk, in your opinion, what is the bigger news that seems to be hitting the world of NASCAR fans? The fact that Kurt Busch is going to be driving a second car for 2311 racing or the fact that NASCAR has decided to move the car numbers up to the front quarter panel? I think the third option of the fact that the 45 numbers coming back is that used to be a petty number. Yeah. Good move for him. I like that move. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say I like that move for him. I don't know if he had many options, but I think that's a great move for 2311. I don't know what kind of move it's going to be since they're switching to a new car. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. neither one of these guys raced the car. I don't even know if Bubba's driven it yet. I know Kurt has, he's, he was done on several tests. He was the first driver to race it twice right uh i do believe that i do believe he was the first one to test it twice yes so uh, nobody's raised it yet and there might be a little bit of a carryover and there might be some nuances that cursed kurt can help with but i still think well, it's important for bubba to be able to have some sort of mentor all i remember kurt saying is they've still got some things to work out and then nascar <laughs> said nope car's fine we're ready to go racing <laughs> yeah yeah i do remember that part too that's the last thing I remember on it. And I was like, that's great. <laughs> All right. So the news broke that NASCAR is going to be moving the car number forward to closer to the front wheel. Uh, thoughts on that. What do you think? Um, with the way marketing's gone the last several years, NASCAR dictates where decals go from your part sponsors. Mm -hmm. The Goodyear mm -hmm. decal has to go over the tire on the fender, mm -hmm. you know, um, I remember the Moog chassis parts had to go in front of the front tire, but like behind the bumper and they were on the bottom, that little yeah. corner with moves, yeah. you know, they had certain spots and that went all the way back to the number. You had that mm -hmm. whole batch of decals that ran right down below the A pillar where your yeah. old wing window used to be. Well, mm -hmm. they don't have near as many sponsors right now as what they did have. Right. You know, a lot of that's gone away. So now they had more room. I think it's going to be better for your major sponsors. Like when they showed Kurt's car with monster, I think that's going to be better for them. You know, it's Absolutely. going to be better for FedEx, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. I, I completely agree. I, I think this is a smart move on NASCAR. Um, as seems to be typical with NASCAR. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of this move. I think that the number looked to me personally, visually, I think this looked a little more slick with the car number towards the rear wheel, towards the rear quarter panel, as opposed to where it's going to be positioned towards the front quarter panel. But as, as Sarah loves for me to say, six of one, half dozen of another. It really doesn't matter. I, and, and I am honestly, once again, completely shocked and dumbfounded at the amount of people that said NASCAR has screwed up once again. This is one of those issues that NASCAR just can't be farther from the situation. And again, I, I couldn't disagree with those people anymore. I think that NASCAR actually listened to the sponsors in this situation and listened to the teams and said, we've got an opportunity here to make a minor adjustment that will help teams out. Well, I look at the people that are complaining about something like this. This is the same guy that you can walk up and hand him a $200 bill and he's going to bitch because you didn't give him a 50. <laughs> That's who this is. That's who's complaining about moving the number. You're right. You're absolutely right. 
All right, that's going to do it for us in this turn. We're going to come back. We'll get you uh, set for this weekend's race, and we'll get you set for the playoffs. Hang tight. We'll be back on the front turn. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule, and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Carding while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sCarding.com for more information. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back into the front stretch. Time to talk with another interview for a uh, local sport car driver brought to you by Taylor Computers and Repair. Find more at tailoredcomputers at gmail.com or give Dan a call today, 402 402- 659-5641 and it's so awkward to talk to my talk about myself in third person but joining us on the show now the driver of the 12n race saver 305 neil lightning nikolai neil it's been a long time and uh haven't got you on the show so i wanted to get you on uh, to talk to you a little bit about your career and uh your season as it's been so far uh so let's kick things off uh how you doing man Oh, pretty good. How have you guys been? Enjoying uh, talking about racing. That's for dang sure. And COVID free. <laughs> Got a big weekend coming up. Yeah. Neil, have you been COVID free or have you caught the old uh, 19? I haven't got it yet. You haven't got it? Yeah. Let's talk about your season. Uh, what a roller coaster season it has been for you. If my memory serves me correct, you went from getting your first sprint car career win to getting your first sprint car career serious injury uh second injury but i got my first win this year finally got that monkey off of our back yeah kind of uh, you picked that baby up back in uh, may right may 22nd i've got my records yeah i think it i'm pretty sure it's the 22nd that that one was a, a long time coming for yeah. us it seemed like that one was never gonna happen <laughs> talk well, a little if bit about- if you were racing with a monkey on your back it probably wouldn't happen <laughs> Yeah. those monkeys seem to weigh quite a bit of weight sometimes right yeah seemed like <laughs> no matter what we did out there we could lead a bunch of laps and have really good runs and seemed like there was always a green white checkered at the end and i'd have tyler Drickey or mike boston or somebody go fly by on the outside and never got that win until this year so that's that's pretty exciting for us those guys can be real sons of bitches on restarts huh oh those guys are tough i mean <laughs> even Trevor Grossenbacher and like Joey Danley, whenever you're racing out there, even Gene Ackland, like you get yeah. thrown into the wolves. There's literally 15 people you could name that you don't want behind you on a restart. Yeah, basically everybody in that A feature. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk a little bit about your career. How'd you get started racing and what brought you into uh, racing the 305s? Oh, uh, we started out in go-karts back in 2012 out of Eagle and kind of started out in that pretty late uh i think i was 12 years old and i started and our engine builders uh uncle frank's out of omaha they kind of told us going into my first year that i started pretty late and we weren't really supposed to expect very much because at that time the junior two was a really popular class and it was supposed to be tougher than the adult class back in the day because jordan krug and a bunch of the big names were in that class and they've been racing since they were five or six and then I uh, ended up winning the track championship out there from 2012 in both classes. And then won it again in 13, won both of them again in 14. 
then went on the national tour in 2015 and we got third national points in all four classes that we ran and uh roger hayden kept on telling me when i was racing out there that i need to get rid of the go-kart and get a sprint car and i don't really think my mom liked that too much and i know my dad definitely didn't like it we always grew up around street stocks and modified so dad always told me when i was little those guys are nuts especially yeah. when you go up to butler county and watch them and Roger kind of talked us into it, and I took 2016 off, and I was crew chiefing for my little cousin on his go-kart, and kind of took a step back away from racing. I had a sprint car sitting in the garage, and uh, didn't really know what we were going to do with the motor, and didn't really know a lot about sprint cars in general, and then come 2017, I had Roger build me a motor, and kind of went from there. What was your little, what, what is your little cousin's name? Uh, Christopher. He, uh, he was... He was pretty good for quite a while, and then uh, he kind of went down a different avenue. He's state champion in wrestling now and going into mm. his senior year. I think he's going to try to race again next year, maybe, just try to get all of his high school stuff figured out first. Is he going to join the sprint car ranks like you did? Other oh, talking about it, but I think they kind of think sprint cars are nuts, too, so they've been kind of looking at the stock cars. He uh, used to race against Cade Richards all the time. Oh, yeah, those they're, stock cars are a little bit of a deal. Oh, they're those guys are probably just as nuts as we are. I, yep. I don't know if I could drive one of those things being on the right front all the time. It'd probably freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> so take me through that feature win. Uh, you've been a long time coming trying to get the uh, 305 sprint car win under your belt in that race on uh, May 22nd. What can you tell me about it? Uh, that was just one of those perfect nights it almost seemed like uh the heat race didn't seem like it was going to go so perfect i was kind of waiting around and outside the transfer spot there for a while and cody ledger ended up screwing up and ended up getting the final transfer so that put us uh fifth row inside for the feature and at the start of the race uh i was pretty confident i thought the car was really good uh shad roth has done an amazing job as my crew chief this year everybody on my crew has always been on the same page so that always makes me really confident when I get into the car and uh one of the last things I said and I was getting pushed out to go to the grid is I looked at my dad and I said don't forget my hat because I'm gonna need it on the front stretch tonight after I win this thing <laughs> and so I guess that kind of worked out good and started the race and I passed a lot more cars than I thought I did probably too soon and I normally try to be kind of conservative in the beginning because normally the car's not too great and it comes in late and car actually felt really good for about the first six laps and that was kind of making me nervous as passing all these guys and the car felt so good so I thought we were going to fade and it ended up the entire run it just kept on getting faster and ended up passing uh I think his Brandon Horton was leading it with 18 to go on a restart and after that I don't really think I saw anybody the rest of the night and watched the video later and Joey Danley is just kind of hanging out back there I mean that guy he can pounce on you at any time yeah. he kind of makes everybody look silly all year yeah when you throw in that name Joey Danley especially this year and and you were able to get by him and get the win uh or at least hold him off and, and keep him at bay that's going to be a huge uh, uh sense of pride for you yeah, it's kind of a sigh of relief, and looking back at the lap times, it's like every lap, we are always about a tenth faster or two tenths faster, sometimes three, and that ended up being pretty surprising because his car's been so fast all year that he's just made everybody look silly out there. 
and just to win at Eagle in general is just so hard to do. There's, like you said, there's 15 names out there that could win on any given night. Take me through that white flag lap. What are you thinking when you enter into turn one as the race leader? Oh, I was pretty nervous. There's a little bit of a hole that developed in the bottom of turn one and two over there. And I kind of screwed up a couple times earlier and got the right rear end to it. And the lap before the white flag, I kind of got into it again. And I just kept on thinking, Joey, or somebody has to be right there. If I screw up, they're going to go by me and barely touched it and went down the back chute. And I was like, well, this is what always happens when somebody's going to throw a slider on me out of nowhere. <laughs> So I kind of tried to slam the door into three, which kind of screwed up my exit coming off of four and kind of tried to stay in the middle of the straightaway, which probably shouldn't try to block in an open wheel car anyways. <laughs> I wanted that one so bad. And once we crossed the line, there's nobody there. And it, it was just unreal. So heading down the back stretch, what line have you been running previous laps? You going high, you going low? Uh, it was a pretty uncommon night for me. I, I started running the fence real early and, then the bottom looked like it was going to be a little bit better. And anybody that's really watched me, I, I don't really think expects Neil Nicolite to run the tractor tires by any means. But so he'd take it down across the tires and I'd go park it up against the wall and get a big arc through there. And it seemed like a couple of the guys could kind of make it work. But we just had such good roll speed all the way through that it seemed like it's probably something I should try more often. Mm-hmm. It's and almost so go- one of those deals where you're trying to go slower and you end up going faster. Uh, that's, that's what my dad always preaches at me that sometimes you got to go slow to go fast. And I always tell him he's silly, but I think he was right. I'll edit that part out. Don't worry. We're we're not going to tell us, get your dad any ego. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) He doesn't need any bigger one. (laughs) So that, that last set of corners, how worried are you that you took the wrong line? I don't know really. Cause, uh, all the lap cars that I was getting good runs on, uh, all moved down to the bottom and it kind of looked like the top was pretty dirty so I thought that maybe that was the line that everybody was in but I there's always that thing in the back of your head that goes god I probably should have parked it up on the rail and so I just kept on looking out the right side of the car thinking somebody's just they have to blow by me yeah and ended up beating them by probably five or six car lengths but that's still too close for comfort especially right. when you got a name like Joey Danley behind you yeah, and it's it's always kind of a nervous wreck thing, kind of a thing where the worst spot to be in turns one and two is the race leader because yeah. you don't know if you're running the right line or if someone's catching you. Yeah, even going back to my go-kart days, I always said that the easiest way to, to race is to be in second because you can put the leader in your sights and you can catch them off guard. And I, I've led enough laps in sprint cars where it's like – I. I don't like to lead that many laps because you know that those guys are so good out there. You make a mistake and they're going to pounce. So we're talking with Neil Nicolite, driver of the 12 and race saver throw five sprint car throughout the area, picked up a feature win uh, back in May. Uh, take me through going through turn number one on the cool down lap. You've taken the checkered flag. You know, you're the race winner. What's going through your head? Oh, it's just a, a huge wave of emotions. Um, we had a, a lot of stuff go on within the last year uh, with my car owner from last year, Butch Bade, passing away. And yeah. I always thought that I was going to get that big win being with him in the U.S. Army car. So we did the tribute for him this year. So that's the the first thing I thought about was that that one was all for him. And you get super excited. And I never really got the shakes or a lot of adrenaline like a lot of guys talk about. And kind of climbed out of the car pretty cool until I got up to the top wing. And it's like, 
well, the scales always make a guy pretty nervous too out at Eagle. Sometimes <laughs> yep. you're 50 pounds heavy and sometimes you're <laughs> two pounds light. So, but being your first win, you didn't uh, make sure you had the checkered flag and hammer it down a whole nother lap. Oh, I, I raced around for another lap and <laughs> I think I might've tried to go two laps because Roger Hayden was yelling at me over the race saver 12 and the race is over. <laughs> I remember that now that you mentioned it. Well, like I said, everybody I've ever talked to, and I've been around this sport my whole life, their first win, they weren't sure it was the checkered flag, so they just yeah. hammered down for one more lap. Oh, yeah, Roger wouldn't have yelled at me. I probably went five more. <laughs> it's, it's better to go long than to go short, right? That's exactly right. Who was it a couple of years ago they did that? I Gosh, I can't remember who it was. Thought it was the checkered flag and it ended up being the white flag lap and ended up giving up the win. You know what, Neil? I think it was a sport mods, and I think I know who the driver is, but I don't want to say it and be wrong and and, and make fun of them. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it to myself. But I'm sure many drivers have done that. I, I know there's a video that goes around Facebook of that the entire like the leader goes off the racetrack on the backstretch. Apparently, at this racetrack they're racing at, they all took a white flag. They all thought it was a checkered flag. Leader goes out of two, slows down, gets off the racetrack on the backstretch there's like eight cars that get off the racetrack and the ninth car is the one that realizes that was the white flag and gets back on the racetrack accelerates and goes up and wins the race yeah it had to be one of the craziest ways to win a race (laughs) (laughs) those are one of those great ones all right so we we've talked about that that exhilaration of of winning that first sprint car race that just that a pure excitement and, and going through that whole thing. And, and, and just to say it one more time, I've talked about it at the racetrack. You have got one of the best cheering sections of all of Eagle Raceway. Yeah, those I got a pretty good section there. That section E and F, uh, I got all the Kovars. And then my mom and my aunt, they, they're pretty loud. I always go back and watch my film. and There's always people yelling at me. <laughs> I always love like one of my, my, I feel like my main job is when things are, are a little bit slow and, and maybe a little bit lax. I always like to call on those drivers that are going to get the crowd riled up. Like Dion Kovar always gets a good growl. Uh, Tim LaPointe, the Batman and the number 18 machine always gets a, a, a good growl. And the 12 end, Neil Nicolite, I, I would just literally out of nowhere, I'd say, hey, where's my Ni- Nicolite fans? And, and the whole crowd would just go crazy. A huge, huge fan section over there. Yeah, and it, it's kind of crazy that we have so many people that like what I do out there, being that I'm not a really a local driver, I guess, but Eagle Raceway, in a way, is my home track. So it's really neat for me that we have such a good following out there and have so many great fans out at Eagle Raceway. So you go from the highs of the highs on May 22nd, and just a few weeks later, no pun intended – it all comes crashing down. And I believe it was on the uh, 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 red, white, and blue celebration weekend. Uh, July 4th uh, took a terrible role in turns three and four. Yeah, that, that one definitely wasn't any fun at all. Uh, I thought we were going to have a really good shot that night, too, to maybe pull off another win. And I mean, the track was getting kind of choppy, and everybody had to race on it. So. I guess I should have been a little bit better about what I was doing, but we went around the rail and one and two, and I thought the best way to get by everybody that ran the bottom was go park it on the fence and turn three and a little bit of a rut there. 
and I broke off the right rear shock once that hit and the car kind of started skipping. And after that, I don't remember a whole lot of it, but the rear end, when it came back down the final time, hit the bottom of the seat and I ended up screwing up my L4 and L5 vertebrae for the second time now. So he spent a couple of days over at Brian West and got a really great medical team over there and kind of got me going back in the right direction. So we've been doing a, a lot of physical therapy and really stinks not being in the race car, but here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to try to make a comeback and hopefully come out a hundred miles an hour and kind of show those guys what they've been missing out on. Well, I'll tell you what, take your time now and get healed up because otherwise you'll be 60 years old when you're 30. Yeah. I already feel like an 80 year old trapped <laughs> in a 23 year old body. Yeah. That's so. kind of, I was going to echo the same thing. It's, it's gotta be difficult I, I would assume that you feel pretty okay that you're ready to get back in the race car, but the doctors are saying, no, give it another week, give it another two weeks. Yeah. It's like they, they kept on pushing everything back there for quite a while. And I, I don't blame them and being a stubborn sprint car driver. I, I think that they kind of got the memo that all the sprint car guys are pretty hard headed and are going to tell you that we're just fine, even if we're not. <laughs> and they're smart enough to where they can tell if, if you're not telling them the truth and so I kept on pushing back my deadline and uh, now I I have one more week left of physical therapy the way it's sounding and as long as that all goes good I, I should be able to get back in the car and give it a try. Dan when you edit this yeah when you edit this you make sure you put that stubborn sprint car driver in there like six times stubborn sprint car driver. <laughs> should that just be a clip from now on? <laughs> I was going to say, imagine being the, the doctor. If you were the doctor that got all these sprint car guys that came to you after an accident, you've got Adam Golian, Gunnar Pike, Neil Nikolai, Trevor Grossenbacher, uh, Gene Acklin. I mean, you've got all these guys that are coming to you after races, and all they want you to say is, you're good, go back to racing. But instead, you have to tell them, no, you got to stay out of the car for a couple of weeks. I know I wouldn't want their job because I'm sure those guys get just as mad as I do about getting told no. Yeah. Stay I out can't of the car. You, somebody you telling Adam Gullion no. Yeah. <laughs> Many have tried, few have succeeded. <laughs> One really neat thing about being over at Brian was that my main doctor graduated with Billy Alley. So he thought really? that it was really cool, minus that I was in the hospital. <laughs> So penciling in your first race back, what are you looking at? Uh, I'm going to try to run the Abe Memorial show on the 17th, I believe, out at US 30. So that'd be two weeks on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that would go pretty good for us. I, I really like that track. I've, I've had some pretty good success there. I think we ran fifth the last time we were there. And uh, last year when we were there, we ran fourth. And another track I've led a lot of laps at in front of all of my family and everybody else from around here. And it seems like Bobby Lincoln does a great job every time yeah. that we go out there. And I spend a lot of time out there with the Swobdas racing with their modifieds. So I'd like to think I got a pretty good handle on that track and to where I can be super comfortable with getting back into a car there. Lightning Neil Nikolai joining us on the show now. Driver of the number 12 and sprint car throughout the area. What's your plans for 2022? Uh, 2022, I, I think I got some things lined up to where we might try to do some 360 shows here or there. Mm. Um, 
probably bounce around with the 305. I, I don't know exactly what the entire game plan is as of right now, but I know we'll be out at Eagle Raceway, and I kind of thought about running some of the URSS shows, but I also said that this year, and we started having some really good success out at Eagle, so then you start thinking about a points championship, and now you're stuck there all year. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so keep in mind the 12th end. He's going to be uh, bouncing around throughout 2022. But one thing you can put in stone, he is the winner of a sprint car race at Eagle Raceway on May 22nd. Uh, congratulations on that big win, and I uh, can't wait to see you at the racetrack. What's your plans for this weekend at the Race Saver Nationals? Are you going to hang out and help somebody, or are you going to enjoy the festivities? Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be with Adam Gillian. Uh, I've been kind of helping him out the last couple weeks. Uh, my crew chief, Shad Roth, was also Adam's crew chief oh, for, I think, five years, five or six years. And uh, I'm going to kind of help Adam out I, as long as he, well, he still wants me there. But <laughs> I, I think that does everybody a lot of good because I can kind of bounce some things off of Adam about what the car's doing or what he's feeling. And we can just kind of bounce some things back and forth. And uh, I'd like to see Jake do pretty good too. And Adam's always taking really good care of me. So kind of help he's, him out and see how everything goes. I, I have a lot of respect for Adam Gully and he's uh, a very, um, darn it, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, volatile person. Uh, he's an am- amazingly lovable person, um, but he can, he can flip on a coin and, and be a very uh, uh, tough person to deal with. But Adam's always been straight with me. He's always been good. I always love Adam, and uh, and and since you're working on his crew, if if you don't mind, let me just say a quick prayer for you. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, Lord, give Neil some patience. <laughs> yeah. It, it's usually uh, quite a bit of fun. Be, be with our twelve in, and you were looking uh, for a term. And, term and, for Adam, I think excitable boy kind of yeah, fits. Absolutely, and and Neil, how old are you? You're twenty one yet. I'm 22. I'll be 23 okay. in November. Well, God bless your soul. Um, yeah. Again, good luck this weekend with the Gullians. Uh, they're great people. They love their alcohol. They love their fun. Uh, they love their good time. Uh, good luck, buddy. Yes, yeah, thank you. It should be a, a really exciting weekend. <laughs> Neil Nikolai, driver of the 12 van. Can't wait to see you out back out at the racetrack, man. I hope to see you down at Columbus for the Abe Lincoln Memorial in a couple of weeks. Yep, we'll definitely be there. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining the show. Have a good night. Yep. Thank you, guys. Neil Nikolai, driver of the 12N, joining us on the show there. Uh, make sure to follow him on Facebook. Good guy. Really good kid. Uh, good driver. You can see it coming for a couple of weeks. He was poised to pick up that win. It wasn't something that he just inherited. You, you heard him talk about it. Driving from, started from the fifth row. That ain't easy at Eagle. No, I mean, it's not easy anywhere. That's a lot of freaking cars to pass for the feature win. Yeah. I mean, that's the the thing you know with inverts and stuff is the good cars they do make them pass a lot yeah absolutely i love that invert i i prefer the invert over many other options so far haven't seen a really negative thing for it. the only person that really doesn't like it is the guy who's the points leader well yeah but i mean i went to sunset for years and even before nascar ever came in or something that's just the way the lineups were done yeah, yeah. you know the fast guy always started 12th and i've watched you know joe kaziski bob kaziski steve because all those all the great late model drivers win six, seven, eight features in a row starting in the 12 hole. Right. So 
All right. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to get you set for the race saver nationals this weekend at Eagle Raceway. We're also going to get you set. By the way, the playoffs started for NASCAR. Did you notice that, Dirk? What's that? <laughs> something. I'm sorry to say this, but something you and I didn't qualify for. <laughs> I, I think I might I might have set some kind of Guinness record for a collapse. <laughs> for the biggest uh, collapse in history? <laughs> yeah, somewhere it's got to be close. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be back on the front stretch. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95. And the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Feather the brake and get back to the gas. Dan and Dirk are headed into turn three on the front stretch. Welcome back into the front stretch. This portion of the show brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Dirk, did you notice that I started the uh, Alzheimer's drive once again? You're participating in it. I am. You have it. (laughs) Well, I think I have early onset dementia, but yes, you're probably pretty damn close to being right. Uh, Either uh, that or you've got CRF. I don't know which. I can't even spell it. Uh, So far, $420 raised. Big thank you to everybody that donated to the uh, uh, I'm Walking to Benefit Alzheimer's. And uh, and the reason why this ties into Quaker Steak and Lube is because those guys down there have generously offered to allow me to do the Triple Atomic Challenge. This very well may be the hottest thing I ever put in my mouth, but it is six wings of the hottest sauce that Quaker Steak and Lube has to offer. And my understanding is it's pretty goddamn hot. It's not some walk in the park. You'll need a little bit of a milk or maybe just maybe some bread to kind of coat things over, but it's pretty goddamn hot. This is, will, will burn your butthole the next day. Kind of hot. I want to go down. I, I just want to see you eat a whole (laughs) Buffalo chicken sandwich at that place. down in Oh my God. That was so freaking hot. That I think that officially ranks as the uh, third hottest thing I've ever put in my mouth. Well, well, then you got, uh, you got something to shoot for then. I I got a couple of things to go for. Um, Anyways, the, I can uh, get you some, I can get you some Carolina Reapers if you just want to go ahead and try and chew in one of those. No, I'm okay. Uh, (laughs) Let's get, let's get to $2,500. So far, once again, $420 raised. I got to get to October, what, 15th is the day before the Omaha Alzheimer's Association walk. I got to get to $2,500. If I do, the next time we are down at Quaker Steak and Lube, I don't want to do it on the the uh, the championship party. But I would do no. it one of the nights we do the uh, the interviews, like the uh, the champions interviews. I'll do it at the end of the night. I Well, I was going to say maybe at the end of a night like that, but yeah. Uh, I think you might want to just pick a Friday night or something where you don't have anything planned for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a very good idea. Or a if Saturday get... night where you got nothing planned for yeah. Sunday. Yeah. I mean... If I get to $2,500, I'll do the triple atomic challenge at Quaker Steak and Lube. If not, 
I guess I wait till next year. But so far, we're at $420. It's only been active for about a week. Five great people have donated. Got to send a huge thank you out to Rowan Mason, our good friend, Rodal Rowan Mason, donating 200 bucks. He was a huge contributor to the, to the uh, cause so far. And if you want to donate, uh, whether it's 200 bucks, whether it's 100 bucks, whether it's 20 bucks, five bucks, a dollar, I don't care. Uh, get me to my, to my cause of $2,500, and uh, it will make my heart just a little bit warmer to know that we donated $2,500 to the Alzheimer's Association. And uh, it will make my uh, stomach a little warmer to eat triple atomic wings. Um, when actually is the walk? October 16th. Where actually? Uh, where is a good question. It's going to be in Omaha. Um, I, I haven't heard exactly where, but I, I'll be walking. Um, uh, Sarah and I will be walking. I lost my aunt to Alzheimer's. Uh, Sarah is, uh, has a grandmother that's battling Alzheimer's. So we're both trying very hard to find, uh, to raise every dollar so that we can be the ones that help raise that final dollar to, to cure the disease. But, uh, we're going to be walking along with, uh, Piper, our puppy. Well, not really a puppy, but very true. Uh, and if we could, Piper like we, a puppy, we would definitely, uh, we would definitely let the the ducks and the chickens walk too. But they're a little bit rowdy, so we can't let them go out. Well, you just have to take the food and <laughs> shake, yeah. the, shake the, and the... rattle the food in front of the chickens. <laughs> they, that, <laughs> you know what, Dirk? You may you may have a very good point there. You may be absolutely right. Uh, that's that's very true. We we could uh, we could do that, and they would definitely. Just follow us there. Um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk about the race this weekend. The next race coming up at um, Darlington Raceway Sunday night at six o'clock Eastern Time, five o'clock Central Time. As expected, Kyle Larson is your points uh, regular points series championship. Kyle Larson has two thousand fifty-two points. Ryan Blaney is twenty-eight points behind with two thousand twenty-four. Martin Truex Jr. third. Kyle Busch, fourth, Chase Elliott, fifth. Then it goes Bowman, Hamlin, Byron, Logano, Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, Eric Amarola, Tyler Reddick, and holy cow, Kevin Harvick is last. Yeah, he didn't He didn't have any playoff points. He, he did not win a segment. Uh, Kevin Harvick is starting 16th. After did he win the regular season last year? I think he did, didn't he? Or him, 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 or Hamlin won the regular season. I think Harvick won the regular season last year, but didn't make too. the final four. <clears throat> but still, it, it, to 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 go from starting the most favored driver for last year's playoffs to starting sixteenth this year—that's crazy. That's a hell of a change. Well, I'd still like to know how Hamlin finished or is, is starting as high up as he is because um, I mean, he pointed his way in Hamlin is starting seventh. He has 15 bonus playoff points, but no wins. Right. So your, your two biggest winners last year through 26 races between hmm. the two of them, they don't have a win. I'm just seeing a report that Starcom racing has sold their charter. Really? Starcom Racing, which fields the number 00 Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series, has sold its charter. Starcom Racing is comprised of several owners. When asked to confirm the purchase of their charter, a spokesperson for Starcom responded, there is nothing to report at this time. 
Spire Motorsports has been rumored to be interested in Starcom Racing's charter. However, a Spire team spokesman said the organization has no news to announce at this time. Well, which means they probably are in negotiations and just haven't arrived at the dollar amount. Right. Would or be my guess. They just haven't notified all the parties that be. That's a tough nut to swallow. That's too bad. Starcom Racing. That's too bad. That was one of those young teams that we were hoping to succeed. They've been a great well, partners with the show. It it doesn't say that they're going to close the shop. And let's face it, they run. I mean, they're basically going to automatically qualify for, you know, That's 34 true. races. Yeah. You know, they hardly ever fill the field anymore. Maybe that's what they're looking at. I don't know. Yeah. Super speedways and short tracks. Really? That's about it. Super speedways and short tracks is about the only time we see a 40 car field. Oh, no. No, there's uh, a couple of the other races during the year. I think Atlanta might have had a full car, full 40 yard car field. But yeah, there's just, just a handful of races. Yeah. Now, the way the fields are set, um, the charter is still only good for 36 cars. So if they're still running races, you know, then it's going to come to, you know, the, the metrics deal. You know, unless they go back to qualify. So tough news there for our friends over at Sarcom Racing. They're always great partners of the show. Uh, we've done a lot of great things with those guys, and, and um, hopefully we can find a new relationship with somebody else. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to find somebody. I might, uh, I might reach out to Infield Jen tomorrow and uh, yeah. see if she can help me out on that. Yeah, find out, find out what you can, and, and we'll, uh, we'll try to get something up on the front stretch page. Uh, eight teams set to test. The next-gen cars as a team cooperative, uh, excuse me, at Daytona. The team set to drive, Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, Chris Busher, Joey Logano, William Byron, Cole Custer, Ross Chastain, and Ricky Senhouse Jr. So they're going to do some team testing at Daytona and just see how the uh, next-gen car tests or fares in the uh, team draft situation. Well, was there another Toyota besides Denny Hamlin? Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, Chris Busher, Joey Logano, William Byron, Cole Custer, Ross Chastain, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I didn't. That's the only Toyota I heard. That is the only Toyota Toyota I read. So that doesn't sound like a team deal. Yeah, that's uh, Denny Hamlin's the only Toyota I see listed. Uh, I, I, I don't know why they're deeming that a team test. If you would. If you would have said Stuart Haas Racing and Penske and Woods are going down there and yeah. the Wood Brothers, because you know, Dylan say, well, there's eight Fords, so that's you know team racing or something. Yeah. Or if you would have said Hendrick is going down there with Gibbs. See, and I, I see know. two Chevys. There's uh, I I was kind of reading that title and thinking it was an even split, but it's not even close. Hmm. So, Anyways, yeah, that's kind of odd that they just allowed one one Toyota, so to speak. I mean, yeah, what? And maybe Toyota only wanted one car. Or maybe they only had the availability to send one. I don't know. Well, nah, I'm thinking Joe Gibbs has a couple dozen cars done already. Yeah. All right. So that's really our news for the um, the national news for the NASCAR Cup Series. Big news locally. Uh, Lucas Oil Late Model and I-80 Speedway announced the official cancellation of the Go 50 on September 15th at I-80 Speedway due to a tire shortage. Dirk. Do you believe this is a result of a tire shortage? Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, there were all kinds of tracks that canceled their season on the East Coast because the asphalt guys couldn't get tires. And many more of the tracks went to running the tires for two weeks. Asphalt racing is totally different than dirt racing. These guys go to the track and they buy four tires when they come through the pit gate. They write the, you know, the tire company a check. Mm -hmm. They mount those tires up at the track. They go out and they do their two laps. They do a couple laps of practice. A lot of the guys will use the week before his tires for practice, but mm -hmm. they put the new tires on, they do two qualifying laps and they run their hundred lap feature. And that's, you know, they don't run heat races and stuff on asphalt. Right. But yeah, there was an asphalt tire shortage right from the very get go. It just seems odd to me. And again, take it for what it's worth, but it just seems odd to me that this is the only race on the Lucas Oil Late Model Tour so far to have been canceled due to a tire shortage. In How many league. races are left this year? Uh, but they're going to go race Knoxville. They're going to go race down. Uh, they're going to continue the rest of their season. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's a lie or it's a cover or whatever, but it just seems odd to me that they canceled this one race. I don't see in the grand scheme of things how canceling one race will solve a situation when you've had so many races and you still have plenty of races to go. Well, I, uh, I did see on Facebook uh, Monday that Bobby Pierce had put out a request trying to buy tires. Yeah. Uh, but he, he told people, he said, call me if you want to sell me the tires for what you paid for. Yeah. No, he's not going to pay double or triple to buy tires. And another thing going along with Bobby Pierce, it was put on Facebook this week that his dad, Bob Pierce, um, has been doing all kinds of testing for bladder cancer because they thought he had bladder cancer and they were about ready to do surgery to remove it. And then some of the test results got questioned. So they retested and then they decided he doesn't have bladder cancer. <laughs> so a little confusing on what's going on with that issue. I'm sure there'll be more out the next week or two. Hopefully um, it turns out to be just gas. That's always my favorite diagnosis. Uh, <laughs> by the way, 15 Lucas Oil Late Model Championship Point Series races, not including the I-80 speed race that was canceled on uh, September 15th. Um, to me, that's again, how many, that's how many's left. Yeah, fifteen left. Um, really? To cancel, and again, that's kind of reiterating my point: is they're going to go race at Knoxville three times. They're going to race at Brownstown three times. You know um, those. Everybody, those, those are three nights. That's one race. That's yeah, why when you said but they're, fifteen, but they're not. They're, you're not racing three times on one tire. No, but you might race, you know, twice on a tire. You're probably not a right rear, but maybe on the others. And I don't know where the shortage is. I don't know if mm -hmm. it's across the board on every tire. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's not like a weekly series tire where you got, you know, a ton of guys running them when they, yeah. uh, you know, when these get a production run, they, they probably run less tires. It just seems odd to me that they cancel one race out of 15 remaining so far 15 nights of racing Correct. only five races 15 nights and they could cancel more uh, there's a lot more than just five knoxville's one brown town's two 
Raceway 7th, 3. Pittsburgh's 4. Smoky Mountains, 5. Red Clay City is 6. Rome, 7. Portsmouth is 8. So, 8 total racetracks left over 15 nights of racing. I, I And again, I, I just want to clarify, I don't know anything. I haven't talked to Joe Kaziski. I haven't talked to Aluka Soil. I haven't talked to anybody. But when I saw this race get canceled, my first re- reaction was, well, that's a son of a bitch. And then my second reaction was, they're only canceling one race out of 15. So far. 15 nights. So far. You're right. So far. We'll see what happens. But I don't, I don't know anything else that's happening. I, I need to talk to Joe. So I meant to call him today and never got around to it. I, I apologize for that. But the Lucas Oil drivers love that race. Lucas Oil loves that track. Aedia loves having them there. The relationship is, is very nice, but they, they, they decided to cancel that race. I'm, I'm just curious to see what the other side of the story is and, and, and what comes of that. That's all. Just, just real curious about what happens with that. Did you see the news article or the, or the uh, post that we, we put up on the French Church Facebook page about Mike Nichols uh, opting to miss the Boone Super Nationals this year? Yeah, I, I just I saw the headline. I didn't read the article, but I did see the headline. It basically came down to uh, what I felt for Mike Nichols racing was the majority of he has work that needs to be done. He, he needs to conduct business. Um, internet service at the Boone Super Nationals is very spotty and, and, and to the point where he's not entirely sure he's able to conduct his business. If he was to go to the Boone Super Nationals. And then on top of that, the continued rain delays, the staying up all night, it just got to be too much. And he's decided to skip the Boone Super Nationals this year. I think that's a huge name that is not going to be at the uh, Boone Super Nationals this year. Well, yeah, it's a huge name, you know, especially, I mean, especially in his class. But, and this year, I didn't follow him too much. How do you do with the modified ride? I didn't see a lot about the modified. In fact, I haven't seen much from uh, Mike Nichols racing on really anything, but that, that doesn't say anything. Cause that's just Google analytics cause or uh, Facebook analytics. Cause I, I don't click on his, his stuff very often, but he, he uh, scrolling through his page right now. He seems to be winning a lot at Dawson County raceway. Everybody. Well, somebody has got to win there, you know, and if he's the best <laughs> at the track, he's going to win true. the race. That's true. All right, where else are we at? So Mike Nichols Racing has decided to not go to the Boone Super Nationals. Uh, the Dirt Crown continues this week, the Nebraska Dirt Crown. Uh, get out to it if you can. And then we have the Race Saver Nationals, which kick off on Thursday. Thursday is just the practice night along with the uh, Precise Racing Products Race of Champions qualifying race. We come back on Friday. We're going to qualify the first nine starting positions. Saturday is going to uh, include the uh, next nine positions. So what, 10 through 18th, along with the uh, race, the race of champions main event. Sunday is going to include the final nine positions. And I believe it also includes the... Last chance. Nope, that's just it. It's the fine, final nine positions. Only 27 cards start the A feature. Um, and then uh, they'll do the race of champions, like I mentioned, on Saturday. Uh, so Sunday is just the, uh, the, the last chance qualifiers and then the A feature. Uh, the uh, 27 cards starting three wide. And that's the uh, 
Eagle Raceway Race Saver Nationals. Uh, can't get your tickets, your four-day passes for $40, $45 anymore. Uh, it's just, um, let's see, $35. No, $20 for Saturday, $18 for $20 for Sunday, $18 for Saturday, so we're at $38. And then $15 is $53 for Friday. Sounds about right. And $3 on Thursday, just three bucks. So $56 is what you're going to pay if you go out to the all four days of racing at the Race Saver Nationals. Um, I'm really excited about this weekend to start. It's going to be a long couple of days, but a lot of fun. All right. I don't think there's anything else. You got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we've got most of it. All right. Sunday's race at Darlington is an evening race. Starts at five o'clock on Sunday. It's the first round of the playoffs. Remember, uh, these three next three races are going to uh, determine who are the 12 drivers to move on. Make sure to get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickums contest. And uh, I will, I swear, I promise to do the uh, playoff reset. I, I do apologize for those who are hoping to find out where they reset for the plates, point standings. <clears throat> I haven't got a chance to do that quite yet. I do apologize. Uh, no, I'm not thing. worried. I, I'm not worried about. No, it. you and I are definitely not worried about it, right? We know, we know where we're at. Once again, the uh, race Sunday at uh, Darlington starts at five o'clock. Get your picks in on time at four p.m. Uh, Central Time. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch, uh, presented by Joe's Carding Council Bluffs. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lubbock Council Bluffs for their support, along with Taylor Computers and Repair. Dirk, have a great week. And uh, are you going to be out at the Race Saver Nationals at all? I'm going to try and get out. I want to come out Sunday, but I'm going to stay home and watch Darlington. So if I go out, it'll probably be Saturday. We will see you out there on Saturday. Then uh, if you get a chance to uh, swing up to the booth, uh, hang out with us for a little bit and uh, we'll have some fun. Sounds good. We got plenty of whiskey up there too. If you're thirsty. Haven't had a drop of whiskey since I became an alcoholic again. But... <laughs> Let's get that fixed. Since I had beer with you, I haven't had one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Let's get that changed. Race Saver That's Nationals cool. is a good time. We got to get you one of those melon balls too. That free bud uh, bush light from that stranger was, you know, that tipped the bucket. I quit drinking again. I wish we would figure out who that person was. I have no idea. For Dirk Houston, he just must have thought I look thirsty. I right. <laughs> for Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carney. Thanks everybody for listening. Make sure to like and share the Front Stretch podcast so we can continue to grow and spread the good word. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, bra. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. If you love wings, if you love rings And all kinds of other tempting things Great times, great food Get to Quaker Steak and Lube Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch And the home of MAV-TV Featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series Great times, great food Get to Quaker
Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs.